If you're visiting with us today, we want you to know that you're our honored guest. We're extremely happy that you're here. We want to ask that you come back. Please do not let this lesson be an indicator. You've got to think of kind of today this way. We're in the 20th inning of a baseball game, and we are out of pitching. And now we've had to go to the right fielder, and he's going to do the best he can. So you've got to take it with a grain of salt a little bit. But I want to let you know how honored I am uh, to have the opportunity to be able to speak today. Uh, as we get started, I talked to Joseph and I asked him what he wanted me to do. And he said, you can do whatever you want to. And I decided, well, why don't we just stay with our series on the one word series? And then I started looking at the chapter and the title was church. Just church. And I got to thinking about, you know, what does the church really mean to us? And it started to make me think, what would it be like if I didn't have it? Because it's kind of easy for me to remember what it would be like not to have it because I went a lot of years without the church and without church in my life. July 1993, I was baptized into Christ. And so I went 33 years of my life without the church, without a church of any kind. And so it's, it's one of those things that if you've never had it, you never realize what you were missing. And so at 33 years old, I made the decision to follow Christ and become a member of the church. And since that time, it has made me realize, do you know there is not a place that I can't go and find family? If I can find the church, I can find family. We've moved several places in my coaching career, and, and the first place we moved from, uh, I was not a part of the church. We attended services, but I wasn't fully committed and a part of the church. I'm, I remember some of the teachers. I'll see them once every five or six years, and that's about the extent of what I don't have there. But when we left Chapel Hill, the thing we miss more than anything from Chapel Hill is our church family our church family. When we left Lewis County to come here, the things that we miss the most are our church family. And so it's so important that we realize, that I realized as I was going along, that one of the things that was most important, whenever we went somewhere new and we didn't know anybody, similar to the way that we don't know half of you, And because as adults, it's really hard to make new friends. It's not like kids. It's a lot harder when you're an adult. But when you know that you can find a group of people that even though I don't know you personally, that we realize that we have something in common. I was on a church retreat several years ago and a, and a young lady 
her dad was an elder in the church, and, and I'd never met the girl, and, and it was a youth retreat. My kids were there, and we had gotten along great. She went to another school. I got a postcard afterwards, and she said, you know, it is amazing as Christians how we just have that one thing in common, the love of God, and it makes us close. And because of that, I'll never forget you. Well, I still keep in contact with Miranda and her husband. He's a youth minister in Knoxville. And as Christians, our paths cross because she married a young man from Lewis County who I had had his family in school. And as Christians, I didn't know Alex before he came here, but Alex and I share a common friend that was a friend of mine in Chapel Hill. And I didn't know Joseph when I came here, but Joseph is going to carry on that funeral today for his grandfather at East Ridge Church of Christ, where I am from, where his mother and I went to high school at the same high school. And his father-in-law and I, Lauren's dad and grandfather and I, go back several years. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how we're tied together because of the church? The church. If we talk about church and we look at it, the study of church is called ecclesiology. It comes from the Greek words, two Greek words meaning assembly and word. And usually if we talk to people that are outside of the church, you know, I think most people initially think about the building. They think about the building. And we've got a lot of beautiful church buildings across the country, but they are still just buildings. We may say things. We may be going to go on a trip with somebody. Well, where do you want to meet? We can meet somewhere and ride together. Hey, let's meet down at the church. We're talking about the building. Because there's nobody there. It's just the building. But so many times we say, hey, let's meet at the church. Sometimes I think we really, if we're, if we're outside of Christ and we don't attend, we just think of the church as this big, nice place. And we look at these big buildings and we, we have things to say about them. And we go some places around the world and we tour churches because of the artwork and the decor. But the reality of the fact is this building can be blown away by a tornado tomorrow. This church will meet somewhere if we just get the chairs out and meet in the parking lot. Because the church goes beyond the buildings that we're meeting in and is those of us that are here today. I heard a preacher say one time, you know, it's not the size of the church, it's the strength of the church. It's not the size, it's the strength. Church is a body of believers of a specific nature and purpose. Most of our lesson today is going to come out of Ephesians. Also meant to tell you, no PowerPoint. I'm old school. Here's my iPad, okay? So got my notes on my iPad, all right? It's the pad that I write on, all right? And real quick, is before we keep going, because you can be turning to Ephesians, let me see how many have Bibles. Let's do a Bible check. You know what? We used to do that all the time. Now we get it up here on the screen. We don't bring them as much as we used to. 
Now, there's a few of us, and that's okay, that when we say, let's see your Bible, we hold up our phones because I've got the Bible on my phone too. That's okay, but we've got the Word of God with us. But when we talk about the church and we talk about the body of believers of a specific nature and purpose, and in Ephesians 4, it talks about our explanation for what we are here that with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to, keep, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Folks, that's what makes us special. That's what unifies us. Is the fact that we are here with that belief. That we are joined together. That I have brothers and sisters here. And for those of you visiting, if you're looking for a church home, this is a great place. We have great leadership. We have great people. And there's a lot of love here. And I would encourage you to look at this congregation as your church home. But you know the great thing about being a Christian is that when I go on vacation, there's a congregation there that I'm a member of. And I may not know anybody, but I'll be greeted because of the love that we share and the caring that we have for one another, but most importantly, for God and His Son, Jesus Christ. We have that in common. That bond that wherever I go, I'm unified with that. I have family. And family's the most important thing, isn't it? We've tried to teach our kids as, we grow, as they have grown up. In the end, all your friends come and go, and yes, some of them will be around, but in the end, family is what you have. And we are family because we are there for each other. We love each other. We care about each other. And we care about Jesus Christ and His love for us. You know, this brings us to a different idea too before we get further in our lesson. And that is how we can view the church or the term church. We can look at it as the visible, the local church in which we are gathered here today, and there are other congregations that are gathered, that believers and non-believers have come to worship. That's visible. We can see that. We understand that. But then there's also that invisible church, the one we can't see, the brotherhood. What I'm talking about, that all of those that have chosen to put on Christ in baptism are members of the church. They're not all here today in the church that we can see, but they're the ones that we share that commonality with. And so we've got two viewpoints on that, the visible and the invisible. In this visible area, we are here to worship, we are here to learn. We are here to raise our voices and praise God to thank Him for what He has done for us. We're here to evangelize. 
But then we've got this body that's out there that we are a part of everywhere we are. Everywhere we go. If you look in the Scripture, you see that the church is referred to in several different ways in biblical images. In Ephesians 1 and 10, it's referred to as the body of Christ. Ephesians 1 and 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in Him. And in 4 and 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ. You know, when we were raised up in baptism out of that water to have our sins washed away, we were raised up into Christ. Into His death, burial, and resurrection. So that we realize we are in Him and He is in charge. He is the head. We're referred to as the people of God. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16 says, I will dwell, walk with them, I will, I will dwell in them, I will walk with them, I will, uh, they will be my people and I will be their God. Hebrews 8 and 10 Hebrews 8 and verse 10. For this is the covenant that I make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Isn't it great to know that we are God's people? That we are His people. Ephesians 5, 25-27 refers to the bride of Christ. And Ephesians 2 and 19 refers to us as the household of God. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Isn't that awesome that we are part of his household? Now, there's several things as the church that we come together to do. Today, I'm going to talk about three of those. There are others, but I'm going to talk about three that I think are important things for us as part of the church that we adhere to. The first one is, it's where we come and gather together to worship. It's where we come and gather together to worship. That's why we're here this morning. It's to worship. Ephesians 5, 19-21 Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. You know, we have come here to worship 
to give praise and thanks for all of the things that we have been given. His grace, His mercy, His blessings, even our hardships. You know, the Bible says that all things work together for good for those that are in the Lord. So even our hardships that help us learn to deal with things, we should be God and Christ-centered right now. Our whole focus should be on God and our worship to Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, who gave His life for us. We should be here to praise and glorify God. And we should be here not for us, but by us. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Have you ever left, and maybe you thought this to yourself, maybe you said it, maybe somebody else said it to you. You know, I just really didn't get anything out of that service today. I just really didn't get anything out of that message today. Well, we're here for what? Worship. It is supposed to be centered on God and His Son. I didn't get anything out of the worship today. If I could make that statement when I left, I wondered if God could say that about me as I left. You know, I just didn't get anything out of their worship today. Their mind was on all kinds of other things. They weren't really thinking about being thankful for what they had or what Jesus did. They were more worried about, I got a big meeting after church I've got to go to. Wonder what we're going to have for lunch today. We're here to worship, to be thankful, to give praise. I think when we come in and love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we pour that out to Him during this worship, I don't see how we can walk out of here and not get something. Because we get something, because we gave something. And so we come together as a group of people to worship, to tell God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for his sacrifice. And to say to Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood on the cross to wash my sins away because I didn't deserve it. So that I have a hope of eternal life one day with God and His Son and with you, hopefully. That's what we're all striving for, is to be there with our brothers and sisters. And so sometimes we have to be real careful in that idea of worship because We need to be careful that we don't just walk out of here thinking, you know what, I didn't get anything out of that. Hmm. Hope God doesn't ever want to say when we leave, just didn't get anything out of that today. Because that's why we're here, is to worship. That's why we come together, is to worship. The other thing that we come together for that this 
body does for us, this body being the church that Christ is the head of, is it provides for our edification. It provides for our edification to instruct and strengthen us in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. To instruct and strengthen us. You know, I can remember how excited. You can too. And we talk about this a lot. When you put the Lord on in baptism and you come out of that water, you are so excited. You are ready to get started. You are ready to get to work. You are ready to share the Word. You just don't know as much of the Word as you think you do. Right? So we got to continually be instructed. We're continually learning. There's things that we can all do better and know more of. And we come here to be edified, to be lifted, to be strengthened, to be instructed. It helps to build us up. What a world we live in. What a world we live in today. How we're constantly under attack. But you know, I I can't imagine we're under any more attack than the early Christian church was. They were under such attack that when we talk about the term church, they didn't even get to meet in a building, did they? Where did they meet? They met in hiding, going from home to home so nobody would find them. Didn't matter where they met as long as they were together. Together. And so I can't imagine that we have it any worse than they had it. They had to have it a lot worse than us because some of them were being put to death. In this country, we're not having that issue. We need to be instructed and built up so that we can go out and be that example. So that we can go out and help to instruct others. Ephesians 3 14 through 19. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Paul in a prayer is saying, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might, through the Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that, we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We come to be built up. We come to learn more. We come so that we may be able to, through one another, comprehend the love that Christ has for us. How do we do that? How do we get that? Well, we attend Bible class. I've been an usher. I've watched to see with, with the church when we talk about not the size but the strength. I've watched to see. Go by out there and look and see how the numbers drop off on Wednesday night. That's Bible study. 
Remember, the first church was continually together. They wanted to be together. They wanted to study. They wanted to grow. We should. Bible classes where we come together and learn more about God's Word. But you know, folks, the extra stuff that we do, the VBS, the mission trip, the camp, the retreats, because we do have to make time in our busy schedules, and I'm guilty as anybody. We do have to make time in our busy schedules to schedule those things instead of the other things. But let me tell you what it does. Number one, it rejuvenates you. It rejuvenates you. It rejuvenates you to go out every day into the world when you're not around Christian people all the time. And the other thing that it does is it increases the bond that we have with one another. It edifies us. It lifts us up. It makes us stronger. It makes us better. It strengthens us biblically, and it strengthens the bonds that we have to each other. We have one bond, the love of Jesus, that we have put on the Lord in baptism. But the more we know about each other, we talked this morning in our class about impartiality. And the question was asked, well, you know, sometimes I think I am impartial because there's people I do more things with. Yeah, they're called friends. They're called friends. And folks, the more friends we make in our congregation, the more time we spend with Christian people of like mind. Because we want to be with those people. We want to attend. And then the last thing is that it provides opportunities for evangelism. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Go out to all the world, make disciples, teach and preach the gospel. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, We should be the light. Don't hide your light. Let your light shine. Our light shines when we're here, when we're together when we're excited, when we're happy. Christian people should be the happiest people in the world. We should be the happiest people in the world. Coach, you know, why should we be the happiest? Man, I'm having a hard time at home. I'm having a hard time with this. You're not alone. You're not alone. And we should be the happiest people in the world because we have a chance to get to heaven. And we have a chance to help other people get to heaven. We should be excited. We have our work cut out for us. It's not just an everyday mundane job we have to do. Yeah, we have to go out and earn a living. But how many people do we influence during the course of the day? Let me tell you, I don't know about your workplace. My workplace is hard to teach the gospel. It is. I have to be real careful about what I say, how I say it, And let me tell you, I hear lots of things. And sometimes I just can't bite my tongue. Sometimes if I hear somebody saying something that's just completely wrong, I got to find a way to weasel my way around to be able to explain. You just got to do what you got to do. You know, there's a lot more important things 
than that job in the end. And so sometimes I just have to take a chance. Somebody may call and say, hey, Coach Hilton's talking about religion. I'm not going to let them tell the other kids things that are wrong and stand there and allow it. So I have to be strong enough in the Scripture to do what I'm supposed to do. In Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, In Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore be followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. You know, if we walk around in love and look for opportunities to share, you know what you have to share before you can share the gospel? You have to share yourself. You have to share yourself before you can share the gospel. So as we walk around in love, maybe we need to look for opportunities to find people who need love or need to feel that love. Ephesians 5 and 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. To let people see that in us. In Ephesians 4 and 16. For whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Look what this does. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The edifying of the church. The building up of the church in love. You know, in Acts 2, again, in verse 47, it says they were praising God and having favor with all people. The Lord added to the church daily because people saw them. People saw the light that was in them. In Ephesians, it tells us, in, verse, in chapter 2 of verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole body being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. Turn with me to 1 Peter 2. And we're going to finish up right here. 1 Peter 2, verses 4 and 5 say, Coming to Him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is that cornerstone. He is what holds the foundation in place. He holds the building. And each and every one of us is a stone in that building. Each and every one is a stone that is put in place that allows this church 
the Lord's church to grow. And verses 9 and 10 says, You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. You were once, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Folks, we're a building stone. As that stone, we're responsible to help with the growth. We're to help as we light that building because we are the light of the world. If you're not a stone, if you've not put the Lord on in baptism and you've not been added to the church, we would love for you to do that today. Scripture also says that the bad stones were cast aside. Maybe you've not been doing the way you should have been doing. Maybe we've not been the example we should have been. We can be placed right back into that place, right back into that spot to allow that temple, the church, to grow. That's what our desire is today, is that each and every person we come in contact with would want to become one of those stones that is built upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Whatever your need may be, if you'll come as we stand and sing.